This hideous case they're making President Trump go through, how does he put up with it all, huh? Uh, this is a deposition, and the fake news thinks, oh boy, this is the worst thing that could have happened to him. Like, everything else that's really bad that would stop other people, this just enhances him. The lies of the left, they are even more obvious than ever before. The harder they try, the harder they fail in trying to take him down. So this is about E. Jean Carroll. I have to address this because this just broke a little while ago, okay? Now, you do remember, right? She is the one accusing Donald Trump of uh, sexual assault 25, 28, almost 30 years ago. It makes no sense whatsoever. Nobody believes her, not even the fake news. But, hey, she has something horrible to say about Trump. And horrible to say about a lot of things, actually. The word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not. This was not sexual. It just. It. It hurt. It just. What. It just. You know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a. I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I a think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. All right, so this crackpot, total kook. You know what the lawsuit is mostly about? Donald Trump criticizing her. She's suing for defamation. She accuses him of something so ugly, something so horrible. He fights back, and he's the one who's in trouble. So this is a videotaped deposition some time ago. It was released just a few hours ago. This is what the jury saw, and uh, I think he did great, but you tell me. In addition to the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, the Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine hoax, the Mueller, the Mueller or Mueller hoax, the lying to FISA hoax, the lying to Congress hoax, and the spying on your campaign hoax, isn't it true that you also referred to the use of mail-in ballots as a hoax? Ah, yes. We'll get to what he says in a second. But think about all the things she just mentioned. Nothing about assault, nothing about uh, defamation, about Russia, about Robert Mueller, Ukraine. This is not supposed to be political. They're enjoying this. The left, the lawyer, oh, telling all her friends what she got to do. Truth to power. Lies, actually. Lies that are just bouncing off him. Like bullets off a Superman? Is that too much? Seriously, I just... It's kind of amazing. Nobody else could pull this off but him. Next! I don't want to be insulting, but when people accuse me of something, I think I have a right to be insulting because they're insulting me. They're doing the ultimate insult. They make up stories, and then I'm not allowed to speak my mind. No, I, I disagree with that. It is insane. Even presidents have a First Amendment right. You know, they say right away, oh, that's freedom of the press. No, it's freedom of speech. No law shall be passed that will abridge free speech. You can't do that. You can say what you want in America until about, well, recently, apparently. Next. When you said in that video that Ms. Leeds would not be your first choice, you were referring to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall, not, I, I look at her, I see her, I hear what she says, whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. Good for him. They are harassing him. They are accusing him of the ugliest thing. It's amazing, actually, that 
the so-called, uh, I don't know, the independents. Oh, they're so turned off by Trump. How could he say that to the woman standing right there? How could he? Well, what are they saying about him? What are they accusing him of? One of the ugliest things imaginable, sexual assault. He has every right to say these things. Next. You know it's not true, too. You're a political operative also. You're, dis you're a disgrace. But she's accusing me, and so are you, of rape. And it never took place. Again, good for him. He needed to say these things. Now, how is it going to go? What is the jury going to say? Remember, it's a jury in Manhattan. And even Republicans in Manhattan can't stand Trump. He lives in one county he lost in the New York State presidential primary in the Republican primary. So um, and it's overwhelmingly Democrat. Uh, they're out to get him. And they just might in terms of the verdict. But it will be won on appeal. It's amazing. This E. Jean Carroll person putting President Donald J. Trump through all this stuff. Now, she's having the time of her life. You see what she looks like there and here. A little bit haggard, a little bit uh, whatever. And now, wow, new hairdo, new wardrobe, apparently a new friend. Uh, she's loving this, absolutely loving this. So, look, the left, they will do anything, anything to stop Donald Trump. They view him as an incoming asteroid, right? Because he was responsible for kids on ca in cages. Remember that lie? So this is Sam Harris, a big-time Trump hater, very, very influential, a bit of an intellectual and rich and full of Trump hatred. Listen to what he says out loud. You know, if, if it's like if there, if there was an asteroid hurtling toward Earth and, and we got in a room together with all of our friends and had a conversation about what we could do to deflect its course, right? Is that a conspiracy? You know, like some of that conversation would be in public, some of it would be in private. We have a massive problem. We have an existential threat, right? Politically speaking, I consider Trump an existential threat to our democracy. So they'll do anything to stop him. Anything. They'll lie, cheat, and steal because, look, if an asteroid's coming to Earth, it's going to destroy everything. So you will break the law. You will lie to stop that asteroid. I don't know what his problem is. What? He doesn't like strong borders. He likes endless wars that America chooses to lose. What's the problem? He wants transgender people uh, convincing kids to do certain things. Donald Trump's agenda is not radical. It's not. It's American. Anyway, I want to point this out. One more thing, because it was very prominent in this crazy trial. The Access Hollywood tape. You may have heard it. Um, it's not great. It's locker room talk, as, uh, as they've been saying. But here's a key line that everybody, and I mean everybody, missed. A key word, actually. Go. I've got to use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do That part right there, they let you do it. I know it's locker room talk. They're not being real, but that's the word that everybody missed. They let consent. Consent. Next time somebody brings this up, remember that. They let you do anything. Let. That's consent. That's not assault. That's not by force. That's consent. All right. I think it's an important distinction. Try it the next time some liberal gives you a hard time. All right. George Floyd. It was three years ago this month that George Floyd was killed. And got to reiterate, we wish that did not happen. OK, totally. We wish he had not stolen. We wish he had not been a career criminal. We wish those cops had used some 
discretion. We wish those cops did not actually take mercy at one point and bring him out of the car because he was having a panic attack. A lot of things went wrong. And a lot of things are being held from us. Have you know, noticed that, right? Uh, so much about the actual incident itself and so much about George Floyd. There are statues for this man all over the place and murals. And it's neither here nor there, but why do they treat him like a saint? He was a man just like anybody else. And actually, he had a bit more colorful a life than a lot of men. For instance, he uh, tried his hand at porn. Did you know that? Yes. Um, the porn star, uh, George Floyd, uh, a brief uh, career. That doesn't really mean anything other than it's a fact that has been kept from the American people. It's interesting, whatever. It doesn't change anything. But why are we kept? Why are these things kept from us? Hmm? Um, Black Lives Matter, the protests, all beautiful, right? All entirely beautiful. Now we know better. You got to look hard, but we know better, actually. You got to look hard in the media, but we live through it, right? All the riots, all the horrible damage, the looting and beyond. It was terrible. And they never talked about the real issues plaguing so much of the African-American community. You want to blame slavery? All right. But what about this? 64% of black children are born into single parent households. That's a big deal. Certainly, it doesn't mean everybody born into a single parent household is doomed, but of course not. But it is a factor that when you look at millions and millions of people, can put one in the disadvantage. It wasn't always like this, actually. Uh, in 1965, only one in four children were born into single parent households. Now, this is a big deal. It really is from a sociological perspective. And unfortunately, not too many people talk about it. Some important people do, though. Take a look. Here are the three rules that you need to fill as a person before you can start complaining about your life failures being the result of somebody else's actions. Number one, you need to finish high school. Number two, you need to get married before you have babies. Number three, you need to get a job. That's it. You do those things, you will not be permanently poor in the United States of America. It's really strong. It's true. Candace Owens has been known to make this case. Bottom line is that white supremacy, racism, nation, white nationalism, words that once held real meaning have now become nothing more than election strategies. Every four years, the black community is offered handouts and fear. Handouts and fear. Reparations and white nationalism. This is the Democrat preview. Wow. That's a lot of truth right there. And even Barack Obama. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Wow. He didn't do it again, though. He got scared because he was criticized, and Barack Obama does not like criticism when it comes from the left. So let's put up those three individuals, Shapiro, Owens, Obama. Obama got scared, ran away, uh, and these two, you know what they call them all the time. And there aren't many people who can withstand that kind of that criticism. So what happens? Everybody blames, yeah, you know, 
1619 Project. That explains why things are the way they are. The original sin of slavery. Mitt Romney runs to Black Lives Matter protests. Democrats kneel with cloth that they don't understand. Joe is angry all the time. Corporate America, what do they do? Well, they don't want any trouble, right? They just want the money. So they give in as well. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. Companies like ours must speak up as allies to the Black Lives Matter movement. It's a critical time for our country. All right, it's a so it goes on like this. You heard it. I heard it. And they throw money at Black Lives Matter. They threw a lot of it. They started diversity, equity, and inclusion programs and hired DEI officers. And everybody has to speak a new and uh, very odd language. The real offensive one in that mix, though, was Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. I have a Coca-Cola right here, okay? I'm not calling for a boycott. But this individual who runs Coke, said something about the Georgia voting law that was totally false. Why did he do this? Let me be crystal clear and unequivocal. Uh, this legislation is unacceptable. Uh, it is a step backwards, uh, and it does not uh, promote uh, principles we have stood for in Georgia. All right. He said he was going to be crystal clear about his position on the and he got it totally wrong. As you know, uh, record voting in Georgia, a Coke, a Coke, a Coke. There's nothing crystal clear about this. OK, nothing crystal clear. There is actually something in there called fentolanine, fentolanine. This is poison. This is poison. That company, they don't care about us. They don't care about children. They care about their money. And I am not going to drink this stuff anymore. What good is it? Hmm? They're all like this, by the way. So many. You know, I have to fly on woke airlines when I have to go somewhere. So do you. But what about Fritos? Do we have to eat Fritos? They're not good for us. And look at what they're doing to society in a small way. But it's significant. We love our music. We love our culture. But do you love us? Do you see us? Do you hear us now? We know you didn't listen. We sang songs and you didn't listen. I can't breathe. And in the fight against systematic racism and inequality, Doritos is committing to amplifying black voices so you can clearly hear us now. Wow, Doritos. The Frito people, right? See, this is easy. These cheesy, silly videos, they keep making their poison. And Doritos, what have they ever done for anybody, right? Eating Doritos, they're delicious, but I don't need that stuff anymore. Tell you what, this silly virtue signaling, if they really wanted to help, if they really wanted to talk about fathers not leaving home, and that would save a lot of children. It would save children's lives. But nobody really wants to rock the boat. Nobody wants to run the risk of offending someone. So they'll just go th along with this crazy, woke mob. There's a lot about money. Oh, by the way. So they're still getting shot. Still getting shot. And it's the NRA's fault, right? You heard that. It's the NRA's fault. Can we talk for a moment about what might be really contributing to the murders, the gun violence we see, these pills that they are putting so many kids and adults on, psychotropic drugs.
that were almost unheard of 30 and 40 years ago before we really had to deal with school shootings and church shootings. What about these pills? Why don't we ever talk about psychotropic drugs? Because sometimes right on the label, right on the bottle, you hear about the side effects. Some people have had changes in behavior, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, and suicidal thoughts or actions. Suicidal thoughts or actions? Homicidal thoughts, suicidal thoughts, that's kind of a big thing. Why is this not discussed? Because, well, big media gets money from big pharma in a big way. By Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. Uh, on how to find All right, I, I get the point here, and I think we all do. There's no hard questions ever going to be asked of Pfizer or any other major pharmaceutical companies. I mean, you know, some rogue reporter may throw a question at Davos when they go over there for the World Economic Forum, but they bought their way to freedom here and silence. OK, they've silenced so many stories. Not around here. Not around here. All right. So taking on big pharma, I will admit, is tough. You got to do what you can do, right? But here's something that can equip anybody for anything. Hmm? Faith. And unfortunately, people are losing it big time. Big time. This, this might be the root of all of our trouble. And this just might be the solution to all of our problems. Faith, the Bible, God. Jesus. For Christians, yes. Some things to think about. I'll be right back. Yeah, uh, just a little look at uh, our daily commute here in New York City. Uh, a compilation of uh, really horrific events uh, over the recent past. This town is out of control, and people are sick of it. Uh, there are maniacs all over the place, and they're prone to violence. And maybe you've seen this video. Uh, the passengers of this one car, subway car, had enough. And they put a man, well, they subdued him. You see two guys trying to keep him down. The individual on the ground, well, he's using a chokehold. Uh, now, what do we know here? The guy in the white T-shirt is now dead, and the guy in the, who's using the chokehold might be in some trouble. Let's go through it. Number one, the dead man, he is dead. He died a short time after. Jordan Neely, 30 years old, had 44 prior arrests. According to everybody, he was uh, totally out of control on that train. These guys didn't want to do it. They had to do it. As far as the man who uh, employed the chokehold, Daniel Penny, 24 years old, a Marine veteran, served four years, received seven medals. Now, um, there's a lot we actually do know, uh, a lot we do know, and most people in New York totally understand where this guy is coming from. Uh, our elected representatives 
they're coming out with the usual hyperbole and, you know, just trying to milk this thing. AOC said the guy was murdered, publicly executed, lynched, all that stuff. And I expect that from members of the House of Representatives or the State Assembly, but I'm looking for a little bit more from the governor of, what are we, the third largest state? This is Governor Hochul, the accidental governor of New York. Video, you know it's wrong. No one has the right to take the life of another person. As she's actually wrong on that. She is wrong. There are occasions, it's in the law, where you can uh, take the life of another person when your life is at risk. Also, it's not clear that this man intended to do that. There is so much that's not known, but here she is throwing fuel on the fire because people are getting worked up about this because the politicians want it and the media want it. And this individual has not been on the subway perhaps ever, okay? This is how she lives now. A day at the racetrack, she gets state police, county police, village police. She gets plainclothes officers. She gets uniformed officers and waving like she's the queen of England. Now that is power, all right? She also gets to fly on on helicopters. And these cheap politicians, they will do anything, they will say anything to keep these perks. That's what they're in it for. And right now, if you're a Democrat, you gotta parrot the talking points of the woke left. So when you have a white mass shooter, uh, this is the kind of stuff you say. He, a uh, uh, really horrible situation, shot up a store in upstate New York. And, uh, well, this is what you had to say about that. I know this community well. I've walked these streets. I know the individuals who live here. It's a wonderful, tight-knit neighborhood. And to see that sense of security shattered by an individual, a white supremacist who has engaged in an act of terrorism, all right, that's going to 10, maybe even 11. White supremacist and uh, terrorism. All right, look, it was a horrible, horrible situation. Um, and those things were probably appropriate. But she reserves those words for white people, quite frankly, white suspects. Because when we had Frank James, a, this is a very hateful guy. He, well, listen to this. Useless white whore, dirty white You want to look down at me? you. Well, this man shot up a subway car, and uh, it was pretty horrible. Now, her reaction, the initial reaction there was, uh, well, different. We say no more. No more mass shootings. No more disrupting lives. No more creating heartbreak for people just trying to live their lives as normal New Yorkers. It has to end. It ends now. Doesn't she sound she's like yelling at kids for running on the lawn or something like that? It just doesn't seem it ends now. Cut it out with the mass shootings. Um, she may or may not have known the uh, the suspect at that point. But this is this is what they do. All right. This is what they do. They're outraged. They're selective about it. All right. And they're strategic about it as well. They use it to enhance their power. All right. What's next? You know what's almost as bad as the Democrat establishment? The Republican establishment. 
year. We did have, uh, you know, the, the uh, recitation that he'd actually won the 2020 election and that he'd won it by a lot, which I, I think people are over that. They just move on. You didn't win the election. You aren't president of the United States. Relitigating 2020 is a recipe for disaster. And let's talk about the future. The election is passed. It's been certified. These individuals, Rove and um, Asa Hutchinson, they never said, oh, we got to stop talking about Russia, 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 or Ukraine, 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 or January 6th. It's game on. Democrats always talk about the past, but only Trump. No, he can't talk about the election. Well, I think we actually have to talk about the 2020 election. A lot of funny stuff did happen there. And I am worried as this year just flies by what's going to happen in November of 2024. Aren't you? Um, we should be. We should be. Also, remember this. This is CNN Breaking News. We're following breaking news. The uh, truly explosive release of the whistleblower report alleging President Trump not only abused the power of his office by seeking help from a foreign government to interfere in the 2020 election, but also that the White House tried to cover it up. Wow. May have possibly abused his power by asking somebody to do something. It's you hear the music, though, and the drama. You know about the most recent whistleblower? It's a bit more clear cut. A suspected bribery scheme. That's what Joe Biden is accused of in FBI documents. That as vice president, he was accepting money from foreign nationals and changing policy. Where's the music? Where's the breaking news? Uh, it's happening. It's continuing. Uh, but if a tree falls in the forest, right, how does it work? We can't let up on this. Good luck to the House Oversight Committee. No developments over the past 24 hours or so, but that could be Joe Biden's downfall. I'll be right back. Well, Tucker Carlson is still off the air uh, for the time being. He's coming back in a big way. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like. Uh, you know, there's a rumor going around he might come to Newsmax. I don't know anything, just what I read in the papers. Uh, Brandon Strzok joins us. He's the founder of the Walkaway Campaign, political activist and commentator, and veteran of the Tucker Carlson Show. Frequent guest over there. Uh, also, Amber Athey, Washington editor of The Spectator, author of The Snowflakes Revolt, How Woke Millennials Hijacked American Media, and and a veteran of Tucker Carlson. Uh, welcome to you both. Uh, guys, first off, you're on the show. I don't know, maybe you text him, maybe you don't. Uh, have you heard from Tucker? Brandon? Uh, yes. Uh, I, Tucker's a very nice, uh, approachable guy. And when I did his hour-long sit-down uh, exactly a year ago at this time, uh, he was kind enough to pass along his phone number. And I can honestly say that every time I've ever sent him a text message, he always responds. He always responds with something incredibly uh, thoughtful that gives you a clear indication. He's read it. He cares about what you're talking about. He's actually a very funny and uh, very likable guy. And um, I did send him a message after what happened with Fox, and I just told him I was sending him love and support, and I wanted him to know that everybody is behind him. He got back to me uh, within 24 hours, and he said thank you so much, and he appreciated it, and he just said he's, you know, making his way through the situation. 
It's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, he's a special guy. Amber Athey, what's your take on all of this? And do you see a political future in store for Tucker Carlson that has been mentioned before? I, you know, I just knowing Tucker, I don't think that he's interested in running for office. I think he much prefers being a communicator, but we'll see. I've been known to make wrong predictions before. Um, but I think this whole saga is really strange because we haven't even been given a reason for the firing yet, right? We're still kind of waffling between the Dominion case, the Abby Grossberg lawsuit, and then this uh, Vanity Fair story that came out about maybe Rupert being jealous of his fiance's obsession with Tucker. Ooh. It's all very strange. I mean, typically when people are fired like this, we have some idea of why it happened and Fox has refused to give us any information. Well, uh, some people know that show Succession. I've only watched one episode. I found it very boring, but uh, there's all kinds of intrigue and all kinds of stuff, especially when billionaires get involved. But everybody is overlooking this. Senator Chuck Schumer, majority leader, one of the most important and powerful people in government, what he said in March after the, uh, the tapes were aired, uh, take a look at this. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth and from letting him go on again and again and again. Again and again and again. It sounds to me like uh, the government wanted him fired. If he was saying that in public and also on the floor later of the U.S. Senate, you know, he could get Murdoch on the phone. What was he saying to him behind the scenes, Brandon? Well, you know, January 6th has been the gift that keeps on giving for the Democrats, and they have created this incredibly egregiously dishonest narrative surrounding what happened on that day. And the fact that they're trying to prevent a, uh, a journalist from sharing information, and as uh, Schumer was saying, you know, perverting the truth about January 6th, what Tucker did was showed video. He showed actual video content, which imploded the narrative that the Democrats have created surrounding that day. So if this is the, where we're at in this country, where now the government is going to step in and try to insist that journalists be fired for accurately reporting information and exploding narratives that have been created by the government, I think that's a very scary state of affairs. It totally is. And Amber, you know, you're out there, you're reporting the truth, you're speaking the truth, but you're very, very provocative. Um, I don't know if the uh, majority leader has come out for you, but people have come for you. Uh, are you are you worried? I mean, do you sense what Brandon is uh, uh, what Brandon is sensing? I think every outspoken conservative feels it right. They they see their friends and their family who can't speak out because they fear what happens to us will happen to them. We're, now, we're just lucky enough to have a platform that we're able to support ourselves while speaking out, but it's certainly not easy. And you mentioned my reporting, Greg. Um, I've been reporting exclusively on this Abby Grossberg lawsuit against Tucker Carlson and Fox News, wherein she claims a hostile workplace environment. And I just want to mention two highlights. Abby Grossberg has never met Tucker. Her lawyers confirmed that to me. So somehow he was creating a hostile work environment in an office that he wasn't in, in Manhattan. And then two, she was contemporaneously telling friends that she loved working for Tucker and that she admired him, which is an obviously direct contradiction to the claims in this lawsuit. So wild. Yeah, no, I, and when I heard that she never met the guy and suing him, it's, uh, it is insane. Hey, do me a favor. I don't know if you guys saw, but the deposition that Donald Trump gave in the, um, what's her name again, E. Jean Carroll case was just uh, made public, and I think we have a little snippet. Uh, he's 
rightly very annoyed by this whole process. Go ahead. When you said in that video that Ms. Leeds would not be your first choice, you were referring to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall. Not, I, I look at her, I see her, I hear what she says, whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. I would not, under any circumstances, have... <laughs> you know, E. Jean Carroll has accused him of the worst thing one could be accused of, one of the worst things, right? And the media, they're just so horrified that he would say something like that, which E. Jean Carroll, whatever. Brandon, you know they're, they're, this is what's making the headlines, by the way, not the false accusation. Right. Well, I mean, look, this, I, I don't think there's anybody who's been more the target and the victim of lawfare and the weaponization of, of uh, you know, some of the, the most powerful agencies in our country than Donald Trump. I think it's perfectly understandable that he's had enough. He's sick of all of this. And look, at the end of the day, I don't think that there's anybody better, honestly, than Donald Trump to deliver as an acerbic comment or, you know, that sort of that razor sharp wit the way that Donald Trump does. I, I mean, I, I think that that was beautifully executed and very, very funny. I'm glad it's making the rounds on the internet today. <laughs> yeah, good for him, good for him. Yeah. All right, so uh, what should we be looking for next? Uh, we're basically out of time now, Amber. So uh, actually, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. Amber Athey, you're great. Brandon Strzok, you're great. You can find uh, them both on our website or at Amber Athey, Amber underscore Athey on Twitter. Where is the best way? What do you like to do? How do you wanna be contacted, Amber? Twitter's great. Also, check out my work at thespectator.com. And uh, Brandon, how about you? I want everyone in this country to get on Walkaway Social, my new app. Go right now to your app store and load it. Walkaway Social, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Walkaway Social will do. And oh, by the way, for everybody else, we have a question for you. Do you want Tucker on Newsmax? Okay, do me a favor. Vote now. Text PICK, P-I-C-K to 39747 and uh, you'll be prompted some questions and do you want Tucker on Newsmax? I am going to vote yes. I'd love to have him around here. It'd be great. Um, he'd be the boss and he'd get all the attention and uh, but I know him too and I like him a lot. I respect him and uh, I think that'd be a great addition. We'll see what happens. I'll be right back. So, the Museum of Natural History in New York City, they got that famous great big giant whale, a stuffed whale hanging from the ceiling. It's pretty wild. Uh, it's cool to see. The museum has all kinds of neat attractions. It's gone a little bit woke, actually a lot woke. Now, for about 100 years, they had this statue in front of it, Teddy Roosevelt on a horse. What could be a problem? What could be a problem? Well, apparently somebody had a problem and started throwing stuff at it and yelling and screaming and that's blood or paint, calling him a murderer for, I don't know, I don't know actually, I mean, he was an aggressive hunter. So they took the statue away. No more statue of Teddy Roosevelt. This has been happening, as you know, across the country and it's a shame. Anyway, uh, the Museum of Natural History is woke and they have a new exhibit, but they think it's an architectural masterpiece. I don't think so. You come in to this glorious exploration uh, atrium and the natural light is coming in and you just feel the invitation to go on a journey. A journey inside the American Museum of Natural History's newest building. You get the sense that you're walking through caverns, which is where the design's inspiration came from. 
I'm not impressed, all right? It's a ripoff of Planet of the Apes, the Charlton Heston one, okay? <laughs> Doesn't it look the same, right? This is where they got the idea. All right, it's personal because of the uh, Teddy Roosevelt thing. Uh, Neil Cavuto over there on Fox News, for some reason, he really likes Adele, the singer. Uh, her songs make me anxious. I don't like them, but he really does. The top of his show, he just, this is all he could talk about. I mean, there's news going on, but this is what he talked about. something much bigger than the monarchy going on this important did you think i forgot my saintly siren of song celebrating How could I a singing legend an angel if you will named adele 30, 30, today, uh, it, so we're going to be covering this on all angles here because I, I think it is you on top of these phone calls we're waiting for from Adele and her people to confirm uh, uh, she really she's is the world's greatest singer. And, and, and I don't this know. was at the uh, this is at the top of the show. I understand having fun and games at the end of the show, but at the top of the show, Adele and Neil, Neil and Adele. I don't know what's happening there. It's weird though, but it's harmless. I'll be right back. You know, President Trump really loved the Queen, Queen Elizabeth. They got along great. Uh, but the Queen is dead. Long live the Queen, right? Isn't that what they say? She died last year. And Prince Charles is soon to be King Charles. I guess it may, it's official soon, the coronation, but he's kind of the king already. Uh, I'm not sure really how it works, but we have a major story about it in the News, Newsmax magazine for May of 2023. And Ken Chandler is the executive editor of Newsmax magazine, and he's also British. Uh, Ken, how are you? And congratulations. What does one say when you guys are about to get a new king? Or is he already well, king? I think you say it's a jolly good day or something like that. Yeah, he's already king. He became king uh, when his mother died last September. Uh, she died, you remember, at age 96, much beloved, the longest queen in history. All right, but what about uh, the coronation? Coron what does coronation mean? That's happening on Saturday. Uh, I mean, what does he get the, uh, the extra crown or something? I'm sorry, I don't mean to make it, but what happens? No, it's really just it really just makes it official. Uh, and it's a good excuse for a lot of pageantry and processions, uh, probably good for tourism. Uh, th there's a big service at Westminster Abbey. Uh, there'll be a, a crowd of dignitaries there. Then they'll parade through the streets in, in the carriage. And that's kind of it. OK, well, the word is he's a little bit on the uh, woke side. I'd like to play you a little uh, a little soundbite from King Charles. Now, I have long believed that we need a shift in our economic model that places nature and the world's transition to net zero at the heart of how we operate, prioritizing the pursuit of sustainable, inclusive growth in the decades to come. You know, British accents always sound great, but he's got like a very special British accent. It's a cut above the normal British accent. What is he all about politically? It sounds kind of on the left, right? He's definitely progressive. Um, this is a guy, by the way, who goes into his backyard and, and talks to the plants. Um, you know, he's very much into uh, climate change, uh, pollution. Um, you know, he was once described as the most powerful lobbyist in Britain because he used to write demanding letters to government ministers urging them to, you know, carry out various policies. Um, 
he's very different from his mother. And one of the reasons his mother was so popular was that until the day she died, nobody knew what her politics were. They didn't know whether she was a conservative mm. or a liberal. With Charles, we already know what side of the, of the party he's on. Right, right. Hey, he seems to have recovered. Let's face it, he lost, we lost Diana. And a lot of people know that Charles wasn't that nice to her, but uh, he kind of rehabilitated himself somehow. And, and a lot of us have seen that TV show, The Crown, and we feel a little bit sorry for, uh, for Charles. Take a look at this, please. It's from another documentary, but it's interesting. Tens of thousands take up the cheering, cheers of loyalty, admiration, and affection for our young and lovely queen on this, her day of death. Charles, at just three years old, became the heir to the throne. I think he was quite lonely. He had a good relationship with his nanny, had a good relationship with his grandmother, the Queen Mother. But unfortunately, through no fault of their own, this young couple, the Queen and Prince Philip, were thrust into the limelight, which meant that there were certain things that would be neglected, and that was, in this instance, Prince Charles. I mean, that's the word, quite frankly. Uh, they're kind of a little bit on the cold side, right? Cold fish. Is that too, uh, too flip an observation, or is that the deal? Um, I, I think that it's not too flip. I, I think that the problem is that he was brought up in a very strict uh, household. His father was, was super strict. Um, I think he does have trouble with emotions. I mean, you mentioned Diana, but now he has trouble with his youngest son, Prince Harry. Uh, mm. They're pretty much estranged. Um, so it, it's very much uh, a, a family that, uh, that has a lot of drama to it. Yeah, every family does, I guess, a little bit. But uh, let's put it up on the screen, if you don't mind. It's uh, Newsmax magazine, A King is Born. Charles III, I didn't know he was the third, becomes head of state during a most perilous time. And Ken Chandler, you are the executive editor of the magazine. Thank you so much. A fantastic edition. And, uh, folks, if you'd like to get a copy, let's go ahead and put the instructions on the screen. Go to Newsmax.com May. Or call that number, 800-552-5371. And it looks like we're going to throw in a free book. Um, all right. Give us a call. No prank calls. And I'll be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. Thank you. I'll be back next week. Thank you.